0: Psalm 136. Let me turn there, and we'll get a word from our sponsor this morning. Father, we thank you uh, for your goodness and your faithfulness, for blessing us in so many ways. We thank you for this wonderful rain that we need. We thank you for the snow up north that uh, we need for the watersheds here in Arizona. And so, Lord, uh, we thank you for that. And Lord, we thank you for uh, rain, how it's symbolic of the Holy Spirit in your word. Uh, so we just want to be washed by your word via the Holy Spirit this morning. Uh, we want our minds to be transformed, Lord, into your image. So even as we read the, this psalm, help us to grow, help us to learn that you might be glorified in our lives through your word. I pray for the gift of teaching in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 136. Now, the psalmist is going to review some of the history of the Israelites here, which in turn caused him to praise God. So why? Because the psalmist was able to see God's mercy poured out upon a nation that didn't deserve his mercy. Jim, you want to throw that slide up, please? Why? Because the psalmist was able to see God's mercy poured out upon a nation that didn't deserve his mercy. Now, I'm throwing Jim off because I got two different groups of slides for two different services. So um, there it is. Now, what we want to do this morning is obviously we want to look at the psalm. We want to look at the text, the context of the text. But we also always want to bring something for our lives. So you could just substitute you there because the psalmist was able to see God's mercy poured out upon him himself that he didn't deserve God's mercy. And it's for you and I as well today. And so what is mercy? Maybe you're new to the faith or maybe you already have this down. But what is mercy? Well, I went to Uncle Webb, Faithful 1828 Dictionary, that benevolence, mildness, or tenderness of heart which disposes a person to overlook injuries or to treat. Now, this is specifically for you and me via God. Uh, Webster was a Christian. Noah was a Christian. (laughs) Or to treat an offender better than he deserves. The key word there is offender. You see, Romans 3.28 says this. For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. The word all there in the Greek and the Hebrew and all any language is all. It's just all. It's everybody. So you and me, if you're here this morning, you're not a believer, you're included in that verse. For all have sinned. Whether you want to admit it or not, you have sinned. And there's a wage. Romans 6.23 says, for the wages of sin is death. So when we stand before God without the blood of Jesus Christ covering us, without that defense attorney standing between me and the judge... I'm found guilty and death. There is eternal separation from God. James two 10 says this for whoever shall keep the whole law and yet offend the King James version of the Bible says the word offend new King James says stumble. So offend in one point. So you just had a great day. And at the end, and you didn't break any of the laws of God, and you're just flying high as a Christian, I'm just doing so great, and you come home at the end of the day, and right when you're about ready to lay your head on the pillow, a thought comes into your mind, or an action happens, and you sinned, you just waste, you just blown the whole day. Let me rephrase that, as a non-Christian. You were just doing great. But then, that's it. That's it. You're found guilty for the whole day. And so you need a substitute, and that's why we just celebrated communion. You need a savior. So God's mercy shows forth the tenderness of his heart through forgiveness that is totally, totally undeserved. This is what mercy is for you and me today, even as Christians today. When God's mercies are new every morning, we need those mercies every single day, don't we? Because we fail throughout the day. We don't deserve God's mercy. And don't ever pray, God, give me what I deserve. You'd never want to pray that. Mercy and grace are often confused. While the terms have similar meanings, grace and mercy are not the same. To summarize the difference, mercy is God not punishing us as our sins deserve. And grace is God blessing us despite the fact that we do not deserve it. You see, mercy is deliverance from judgment. Grace is extending kindness to the unworthy. We fit into all of these definitions. And so we need to remember that we need God's mercy. So with those thoughts, as believers, we should be able to look back and see how God has poured forth his mercy upon our lives. This is key. The psalmist is just reliving history. And if you shorten it up, most of you have heard this, spell history, his story. His story in my life. How has God used the Holy Spirit in my life to transform my life so I can look back and tell others, man, God was merciful here. God was merciful here. God was merciful. Was it easy? Was it painless? Did it hurt? But God was with me. And you see guys, in these days and age we're living in, people in the world who don't know Jesus, they're looking for something. Why, why do you think drugs are so prevalent in America? Two million dollars just busted at the border this past week. Two million dollars of, I think it's called fentanyl. And I'm not a drug person, I used to do them, but they said, they said a drop of that stuff could, or, or that all that weight, that weight could kill 133 million Americans. That's crazy. So do we have a problem in America? Uh, yeah. Do we have an alcohol problem in America? Yes. Do we have a sexual problem in America? Yes. People are looking for something in their lives to bring them satisfaction. As someone once famously said, I can't get no satisfaction. And in the world, you're never going to get satisfaction. What he's saying was true. But once you come to know Jesus, you are can have a satisfaction that you won't even be able to explain. You're going to have a peace that you will not be able to explain. That's what the Bible says. Because it's not you. It's the Holy Spirit in you and working through you. And that's what we're here for this morning. We're here to be delivered. To be delivered. You see, when we look back and acknowledge the fact that God has poured forth his mercy on our lives, that we are creating a message, we can say that God is good all the time. And some of you probably heard this, and maybe you said it to each other. One person will say, God is good. And the other person might say, all the time. And it'll go back to the first person, all the time. And the second person will say, God is good. I mean, it's just, it's reality. It's reality. God's goodness never changes. We think it does, because we're having a bad day. But no, God's God's goodness never changes. And so in verses one through nine of Psalm 136 here, we're going to see that these verses speak of God, the creator, God, the creator. Oh, give thanks to the Lord for he is good for his mercy endures forever. So this would have been a responsive Psalm where the singer would have sang the first part And everyone would have joined in with the second part. And you'll see it as we go through. It's the same thing every single time. For his mercy endures, his mercy endures, his mercy endures. So it would have been responsive. As I just mentioned, God is good. And David says in Psalm 86, 5, For you, Lord, are good and ready to forgive. And abundant in mercy to all those who call upon you. Another psalmist writes in Psalm 100, verse 5, For the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting, and his truth endures to all generations. Paul writes the following in Philippians 1.6. Be confident of this very thing, that he who has began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Philippians 2.13. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And then Romans eight twenty eight that verse that, that many people claim but have a hard time living out when bad things come into their lives, so to speak. For we know that all things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. See, over and over again, we can see in the scriptures that God is good. He is good. So please don't ever allow the enemy of our soul To tell you otherwise. Because it's not the truth. You just got to stick with the truth. God is good. Period. God is good. I don't understand why I'm going through this. I don't like going through this. But God is good. Just stick with the facts. Over and over again. Just stick with the facts. Oh, give thanks to the God of gods. For his mercy endures forever. Oh, give thanks to the Lord of lords. For his mercy endures forever. Notice that God is the God of gods. Little G there. Because even today we have many, 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 many little gods. Many little gods. And as you think about, if you've been doing the daily reading uh, the last few weeks, how God has delivered the, the Israelites out of Egypt, every one of those plagues, the Egyptians had a God that correlated to that plague. And God was saying, you think you got a God? Let me show you who is God. There is only one God. To him who alone does great wonders and his mercy endures forever. To him who by wisdom made the heavens. Now again, as you're reading this, think of it as a song because it is a song. But also dig into this person's life. This person is looking back and he's seeing God's hand in his life. And how big is your God? I'm not talking is he 6-2, is he 6-1, is he 6-5? How big is your God? How big is the God of the Bible? If he did the first, if, if the first ten words of the Bible are true, which they are, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth, do you really believe that? You've heard me say this many times because we have to go back to the basics. If you don't believe that, then the rest of it's nonsense. You're, you're not going to grow in the faith. But if you really do say, yes, I really do believe that, then when things come into your life, when things come into my life that challenge us, and they do, we're going to be able to go back to the facts. Well, I don't feel like saying this, but God, you're good. I really don't, you know what, I, I, I'm having doubts right now, God, but I believe you have this under control, so I'm just going to trust in you. I'm having doubts. It's okay to say that. But go back to the facts that you're God, because of everything you've done in my life. I can look back 40 years now as a believer, 41 years. I can look back 41 years. Unbelievable testimony. I don't remember any of it, but praise God, it's there. When I get to heaven, I'll remember it. But I know he's been faithful because here I am today. Here I am today, blessed beyond measure. To him who laid out the earth above the waters. So he's the the psalmist here is looking at creation. He's just stopping. As I mentioned last week, I I hope some of you did it. I did it this week, several times, because fortunately we don't have a lot of light pollution. We're just a half a mile from here. Just walk out, look around, looking at the stars. Man, God, my problems are nothing. They're nothing in reality. Help me to remember that. Help me to meditate on that. God, you are the one who created everything. To him who made great lights, for his mercy endures forever. The sun to rule by day. Now for you and I, this is this is kind of like, well, this is, shouldn't you be teaching this to the second graders? I mean, this is kind of boring. This is kind of basic, isn't it? Well, next time you're sweating something about your problem, remind yourself, well, why aren't I thinking like a second grader? A second grader knows more than I do, that God's got it under control. Why am I sweating it? That's why we want to go over the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation, because we all need reminders. Even though we're so Christian and so intellectual and we have it all together, we all need reminders on a regular basis. Oh, That's right. You're God. I'm not. You're right. You created the heaven to rule the sun to rule by day and the moon and stars to rule by night for his mercy endures forever. Again, God's mercy. That's the theme That's the theme of this song. Mercy, mercy, mercy. I don't deserve it, but you give it to me. Thank you, God. Thank you, thank you, thank you. The psalmist now goes on in verses 10 to 16 to to speak from the heavenly to the earthly, to the earthly. So now it goes back to history. To him who struck Egypt in their firstborn, for his mercy endures forever. And you might think, well, that's not nice. That's not nice. As you read the Bible, God's mercy was long-suffering. Moses kept going to Pharaoh. Would you please repent and let us go? Would you just please repent and let us go? Even the magicians at one point, even Pharaoh's magicians, the the guys who were not so bright and bringing more damage upon themselves by recreating some of these plagues, finally went to Pharaoh and said, Hey, would you listen to us? This is the finger of God. Let them go. Let them go. And Pharaoh hardened his heart. So you can't accuse God of not being merciful. God was merciful. There just came a point in time where God said, fine, you're bringing it upon yourself. Here's the last plague. You will definitely let my people go after this. And they did. They did. So God is merciful. And brought Israel out from among them, for his mercy endures forever. With a strong hand and with an outstretched arm, for his mercy endures forever. To him who divided the Red Sea in two, for his mercy endures forever. And again, many people, unfortunately, even today, even today, under the banner of Christian, there are many Christians that will not say that, that didn't take place. That did not take place. It's myth. It's, it's an allegory. They went around the sea, but this is the spiritual meaning of it. No, it happened. It did happen. And here we have another person rehearsing, singing about what God did to him who divided the Red Sea in two and made Israel pass through the midst of it for his mercy endures forever. But overthrew Pharaoh and his army in the Red Sea for his mercy endures forever to him. Now, verse 16 here is very interesting. So we go from that scene. You guys, the Ten Commandments, Moses, Charlton Heston. You guys remember that movie? It'll be coming up here in the next couple months. You guys remember that whole scenario? Well, this one verse here in verse 16 is 40 years is 40 years packed into that one verse. So as this man is rehearsing the truth and speaking of Israel's history, he also rehearses in his mind a 40-year gap. Just like I just shared with you. It's important to remember some very specifics, but it's also just to remember, well God, you've been faithful for 41 years. Is it going to change today? Are you going to stop being faithful in my life? Did, did something did something change? Did you change? You didn't change. Maybe I did, but you didn't, and so you also want to keep that. You want you want to be able to have that that testimony, very specific, but you also want to back up and just go, you know, God, you've been faithful. Maybe you're new in the Lord. We had a gal receive the Lord a couple months ago. Maybe you're new in the Lord. You go, God, you've been faithful the last two months. Are you going to change? No, not at all. I guarantee you, He's not going to change if you're if that's you. You've been faithful the last two years, but I don't. I just lost my job. Let me reassure you, He is faithful. He's going to take care of you. Keep trusting in Him. Keep looking to him. Don't forsake him if you're here this morning. Do not forsake the Lord. As you continue to read your Bible, you'll see the Israelites forsook the law, Lord, and it cost them dearly. Don't forsake the Lord. To him who led his people through the wilderness. Boom. Forty years. His mercy. His mercy. And as you read the study, as you read, What they did, how they whined and complained. Not that any Christians today whine and complain. But for 40 years, Moses listened to these people whine and complain. Even after God miraculously provided for them. How many times? Every day. Every day. As the people would go out and pick up manna. That that coriander seed, it looked like a coriander seed and it was sweet and they would make all kinds of things out of manano bread. They would love it every day, except for the sixth day. They would gather twice a month, but then God provided because on the seventh day, they didn't have to go out. They just baked what they gathered on the sixth day. So there was a miracle happening every single day in these people's lives. And what did they do? <laughs> Moses, they whined, they whined. See how important it is us for to realize, God, you're so merciful. Help me remember the last forty years, or twenty years, or two months, or two weeks of my, of the faith. You see, God poured forth His mercy over and over again upon who, upon a nation that rebelled over. And over again. Sounds like us Christians, doesn't it? You don't have to say yes. Maybe you're not that person. I think a lot of us can say, yeah, I have that rebellious nature. It comes quite naturally. It does for me. That's why I have to be in the word and allow the Holy Spirit to rule over my life. Verses 17 through 22, they speak of God, the one who goes out before us and and conquers the enemy. To him who struck down great kings, for his mercy endures forever. And slew famous kings, for his mercy endures forever. Shihon, king of the Amorites, for his mercy endures forever. And Og, king of Bashan, for his mercy endures forever. And gave their land as an inheritance, as a heritage. So now we've crossed over the Jordan River. Now we're into Israel, modern-day Israel their land, and gave their land as a heritage for His mercy, not because you deserved it, but because of God's mercy. What has God kicked out of your life? I encourage you to come out on Wednesday nights. Pastor Durrell is doing a great job on the Book of Judges, and as he's going through the various battles, he's relating them to our lives and our our fleshly battles that we have, and those spiritual battles that we all go through. So if you're not doing anything on Wednesday night at 630, greatly encourage you to come out. There's child care. There's wonderful teaching going on for the children. Get plugged in because this man is doing what? He's rehearsing God's awesomeness. He's rehearsing God's mercy. What has God taken out of your life that maybe you've forgotten? Has God maybe delivered you of alcohol? You, you know, you're not. An, I just want to reassure you. You're not an alcoholic. God takes alcohol in your life, that's, that's God. You're a new creation, the Bible says. You're not always an alcoholic. You're not always a drug addict. You're not always whatever you fill in the blank. Can you look back and go, God, you delivered me of that? You deliver, or do you take, well, you know, I did it myself. I went to so many meetings, and I said so many things, and I did so many prayers, and I read so many verses. Oh, boy, you're going to fall again. You're going to fall again because pride is pride. No, God did it. Just acknowledge you did it. This is what the Psalmist is saying about. He's looking back and saying, look what God did for you, Israel. But when is this compiled after the exile, after the Babylonian captivity? It may have been written after. We don't know when it was written, so I'm not going to assume anything, but it's part of that hymnal, the exile years. So they put this in there to look back and go, Don't fall, Israel. You fell so many times. And look where we ended up. We ended up in Babylon because of pride. Because of pride. And as Christians, we could end up in the camp of the enemy because of pride. Be very, very careful, guys. Remember, God's mercies is because of God's mercies that we are where we are today. And gave their land as a heritage in verse 21 again. For his mercy endures forever. A heritage to Israel, his servant. <clears throat> Again, remember the land today as our current uh, administration is going to bring out their peace plan. And it was leaked a couple weeks ago. Uh, so I greatly encourage you. It's going to happen in April. So we'll be back from Israel. I was hoping it was happening while we were over there because it's going to be safe in Israel. But uh, we all better be praying for April as they announce it. Because if it's true what they're announcing, something big's going to happen in April in America. And it might just be the San Andreas fault, which will greatly impact Arizona. I mean, this is just reality, guys. Read your Bible, Zechariah, chapter 12. Everyone who comes against Jerusalem will be cut asunder. And supposedly it came out that we're going to recommend that the Palestinians get East Jerusalem for their capital and the Israelites get West Jerusalem for their capital. In other words, go back to the 67 borders, split Jerusalem in half. And what's going to happen to America? We're going to get split in half. We will something big's going to happen. I'm not prophesying. I'm just going according to history. When you mess with God, when you poke God in the eye and say our, way, our, our, our ways are better than your ways, uh, God's going to slap you upside the head and wake you up real fast. So, guys, be ready. Be in prayer. It's it's God's land. It's a heritage to Israel. Whether we like it or anybody like it, it it's just the way it is. You see, it is so foolish. It is so foolish to turn away from the source of our strength, yet it happens on a regular basis. Now, I'm not going to ask you to give a testimony, but if you agree with that statement about your life personally, go ahead and raise your hand. It is so foolish to turn away from the source of our strength. I know that. You know that. Yet it happens on a regular basis. It does. That's why we need God. That's why we need. You see, we try to fight the spiritual battles on our own, which is never a good thing. Because we will lose every single time. And the Holy Spirit will remind us that we didn't have to lose. We didn't have to lose. We just need to submit to God's word. And his will on a regular basis, and then watch the hand of the Lord move on our behalf. It's the safest way to go. You see, as he's rehearsing this, as I mentioned about Wednesday night, even this past Wednesday, uh, Pastor Durrell brought it up. He was teaching, and there were certain of the enemies that remained within Israel. The Israelites didn't kick them out. They didn't kick them out. They compromised and allowed them to stay. And because of that... It brought Israel down eventually. And so as we have to deal with sin in our lives, if we don't kick it out, if we compromise and allow it and play with it, eventually it'll come to bite us and it could cause a lot of problems in our lives. So kick it out. Kick it out. Stick with your heritage. It's the word of God. Who remembered us in verses 23 or in verse 23. This speaks of God who never forgets, who never forgets. You see, the psalmist sees the wonderful hand of God moving in their midst and allowing them that opportunity to return to Jerusalem and reestablish the land once again, who remembered us in our lowly state. Babylon. Babylon. He remembered us. You see, Isaiah 49 says this, But Zion said, The Lord has forsaken me, and my Lord has forgotten me. But then Isaiah goes on through the inspirational Holy Spirit to say, can a woman forget her nursing child and not have compassion on the son of her womb? Surely they may forget, God says. Okay, fine. If you say yes, a woman could forget that. Okay, maybe a woman could. Surely they might forget. But God goes on to say, yet I will not forget you okay fine i'll give it to you the mother may forget i was using it as an example you want to play games with me okay here it is yeah they might forget i won't oh okay thanks god see i have inscribed you on the palms of my hands your walls are continually before me that's what god has done jesus makes reference to this if you want to get out of the father hands try it's in john chapter 10 27 20, 29, i believe you try to get out of God's hands. Okay, okay, get out of God's hands. Where, where's, who's there to catch you? Jesus. Try to get out of my hands. You can't. You're just a, you're a jumping bean, just going back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. It's better just to surrender into the loving hands of God. Psalm seventy three twenty three says, "Nevertheless, I am continually with you. You hold me by my right hand." Isn't that a beautiful picture of a little child in a crosswalk holding the hand of a a father? and wiggling and wanting to go his own way and the dad just going, "Come on, let's go." Dragging him along cuz he knows what's best. Hebrews 7:25 says, "Therefore he is able, once and forever, to save those who come to God through him." He lives forever, speaking of Jesus, to intercede on God, with God on their behalf. Praise God. And rescued us from our enemies, verse 24. For his mercy endures forever. It took so 70 years that God spoke through the Jeremiah, the prophet. But God proved himself true and brought the Israelites out of Babylon. 70 years. He rescued them from their own destruction. Who gives food to all flesh. Now the psalmist pulls back to acknowledge the fact that it is God who provides for the whole world. And then the psalmist could have gone on and on. But he wraps his song up. And he goes to the bottom line. Oh, give thanks to the God of heaven. There's one God. We go through creation. We talk about history. We talk about personal. We talk about battles. Let's just get to the bottom line. Because God is merciful. Let's give him the thanks. He so deserves. Guys, as we go through this week. I greatly encourage you to just think about that. Think about God's mercy. God, what have you done for me? I I didn't deserve it. What have you done for me, God? And the Holy Spirit will remind you. And then just start thanking him. And as you do that over and over and over again, when you come to that next situation where you're wondering where God is, you're not going to wonder. You're not going to wonder. You just go instantly. Thank you, God. I just didn't deserve your mercy, but you just gave it to me. Thank you for that. And you're going to find yourself into that habit of praise, of praise, of praise. No longer the, maybe the habit of whining like the Israelites did and so many people are doing in America right now. Let's whine, whine, whine. No, no, no. Let's praise. Let's praise. Father, we thank you and praise you for this day. And we thank you for your mercies, Lord. We don't deserve them, but we thank you for them. We thank you that you don't discipline us the way we really should be disciplined. But through your Holy Spirit, you woo us to the cross. You woo us to that place of repentance that, as your word even says, that you grant. That we might receive that repentance. Turn from our sin. Ask for forgiveness and be forgiven and move on in our walk with you. So, Father, as believers, we want to thank you. We want to thank you. And as the saints are praying... Heads are bowed and eyes are closed. Maybe you're here this morning and and maybe you've been away from God as a believer. I'm speaking specifically to the believers now this morning. Maybe you've been away from God and you need to come back. This is specifically a a plea for you it's a privilege to be able to say to you god still loves you and always has loved you it wasn't based on what you did or didn't do he always loved you but maybe you got caught up with the enemy and and maybe you're here today cuz you do want to come back and you're not sure how i could tell you how just just confess it right now between him and you just say yes i need to repent i want to be made right and so if if that is you and you would like to do that just raise your hand where you're sitting Eyes are closed. People are praying. If that is you, and I'll acknowledge your hand. Just raise your hand. Keep it up in the air. If that is you, and I'll acknowledge it. And if not, that's fine. We'll go on. Is there anybody that would like to do that? I see your hand. Amen. You can put it down. Anyone else that would like to raise their hand? So this is between you and God. It's not between me and you. It's between you and God. I'm just the vessel giving you the opportunity. Is there anyone else that would like to raise their hand? Okay. I see your hand. Amen. Amen. Anybody else? Okay, for those who raised their hand, just pray this simple prayer. God, Father, thank you for this morning. Thank you for your Holy Spirit indwelling me and loving me and never leaving me, never forsaking me. Thank you, Father. Father. And I come to you right now in humility. And I acknowledge my repentance. I turn afresh. I turn anew. I look to you right this very second. And I say thank you, Father. For loving me through it all. I thank you for your forgiveness right now, Father. Father. Fill me with your Holy Spirit afresh, anew, that I might love you the way that you love me. Give me strength to forsake those things that caused me to stumble, caused me to sin. Bring me into fellowship with other Bible-believing Christians that might help hold me accountable for your glory father thank you in Jesus name amen you know as the saints continue to pray maybe you're here this morning and you don't have a relationship with Jesus and and maybe this morning God has shown you that you need his mercy and he's actually been merciful to you I want to encourage you to receive Jesus this morning if you do not have a personal relationship with Jesus this morning I'm not asking if you've lost your salvation because you can't lose your salvation. It's impossible. But maybe you've never asked Jesus to be your Savior. You've got people right now around you that are praying for you. They don't know you, but they're praying for maybe one individual in this room that they would come to know Jesus because they know that's the only way to have peace and to have joy. If that is you, I'd like to offer you that opportunity to to raise your hand and say, yes, I would like to receive Jesus this morning. I would like to make Jesus my personal Savior. Is there anyone in this room that would like to do that? You raise your hand high and, and wait for me to acknowledge it. Is there anyone in this room that would like to receive Jesus for the very first time to be their Savior? And you're amongst friends, so don't be afraid. Father we thank you for this morning we thank you for your word we thank you for your mercy help us to apply these truths this week and help us Lord fill us with your Holy Spirit that as we go out into our mission field we'll be faithful ambassadors for you in Jesus precious name Amen Amen. God bless you guys